Good evening and welcome to another episode of Quotes Today by Live Law. This is your host Urvashi Chahan bringing you the latest updates on the legal front. This is your go-to source for all things legal. Let us start. A seven-judge bench of the Supreme Court today started hearing on permissibility of sub-classification within SCST reservation. The bench led by CJI D.Y. Chandrachud also comprises Justices B.R. Gawai, Vikram Nath, Bela N. Trivedi, Pankaj Mittal, Manoj Mishra and Satish Chandra Sharma. The matter was referred to a seven-judge bench by a five-judge bench in 2020 in the case State of Punjab versus Devinder Singh. The five-judge bench had then observed that the judgment of the coordinate bench in another case, that is E.V. Chennaiya versus State of Andhra Pradesh, was required to be reconsidered. The E.V. Chennaiya case had held that all the castes in the presidential order under Article 341 of the Constitution formed one class of homogeneous group and the same could not be further subdivided. But in the case of State of Punjab versus Devinder Singh, the bench had expressed the view that once a state government has the power to make reservation, it also has the power to make subclassifications, and that such subclassification will not amount to tinkering with the reservation list. The bench had also opined that E.V. Chennaiya did not correctly apply the decision of Indra Sohne case. That in Indra Sohne, it was held that it is permissible to make subclassification within socially and educationally backward classes. The bench had added that the same would be applicable for scheduled castes and scheduled tribes as they admittedly fall under Article 16. Advocate General for the State of Punjab today began by explaining that reservation was not an act of benevolence by the entitled to the needy. If at all, it is the compensation for centuries of oppression. He mentioned Section 4, Clause 5 of the Punjab Scheduled Castes and Backward Classes Reservation in Services Act of 2006, saying that it provides that 50% of the vacancies of the quota reserved for SC in direct recruitment shall be offered to Balmikis and Mazavi Sikhs, if available, as a first preference from amongst the scheduled castes. He said this reservation was limited to 50% and was implemented on a preferential basis that it was not an act of exclusion but an act of inclusion of those who were the most backward of the backward to bring them, if not at par, at least up from where they stood. Further, Advocate Shahadan Farasat made his submissions and said that Chennaiya judgment was internally contradicted because it said that Article 341 was solely for the purpose of reservation alone that Article 342A has been introduced in the Constitution and that read with the judgment in another case of Jayashri Patil completely negates the fundamental logic of the Chennaiya judgment. He concluded for today by citing Gandhi's talisman in NCERT textbooks that is, whatever we do, we should think for the weakest person. He said, the state in the present case should think for the weakest person. In an important update, the Allahabad High Court today directed the parties to suit concerning the Gyanwapi Mosque Vyasji Tehkhana dispute to avoid making public statements or speaking to the media about the case till the matter is sub judice. With this, the court also adjourned the hearing in the matter till tomorrow. Justice Rohit Ranjan Agarwal said so while hearing a plea filed by the Gyanwapi Mosque Committee challenging 31st January order of the Varanasi court permitting Hindu parties to perform puja in the southern cellar of the Gyanwapi Mosque. 
appearing for the mosque committee, senior counsel SFA Nakwi submitted that by passing the impugned order, the district judge had virtually allowed the final relief of the plaintiff seeking worshipping rights. He also called into question the promptness and urgency shown by the district magistrate in executing the order of the district judge by swiftly clearing the area and facilitating arrangements for puja rituals within the Tehkhana. It was also contended that no puja was ever performed by any member of the Vyas family at the Tehkhana before 1993 and that in the suit there was no mention of the fact that they were in possession of a seller. On the other hand, appearing for the original plaintiff, advocate Vishnu Shankar Jain primarily argued that the mosque committee had not challenged the 17th January order of the Varanasi court wherein the district magistrate was appointed as a receiver of the property. The hearing in the matter will continue tomorrow. Stay tuned. In a plea challenging the premature release of former Bihar MP Anand Mohan in a case against mob lynching of a district magistrate in 1994, the Supreme Court today directed that Mohan shall immediately deposit his passport with the local police station and report there on a fortnight basis. The bench comprising Justices Surekant and K.V. Vishwanathan passed the order in view of information placed on record by the petitioner pertaining to Mohan's involvement in other cases. The petition has been moved by Uma Krishnaya, widow of District Magistrate G. Krishnaya, who was killed in an attack in 1994 by a mob led by Mohan. Mohan had been sentenced to life imprisonment for the offence. However, he walked out of jail in April last year after statedly serving 14 years of imprisonment in view of remission of sentence by the Bihar government. The petition claimed that Mohan's release was contrary to public policy and would amount to demoralizing public servants. In May last year, the top court had issued notice in the petition. Today, the counsel who appeared for the Union of India sought four weeks' time to file counter-affidavit. While senior advocate Siddharth Luthra, appearing for the petitioners, took objection to this, the court, as a last opportunity, permitted the union to place on record its response within a week. The idea of implementing a uniform civil code has been a subject of debate and controversy in India for decades. In an important update, the Uttarakhand government today tabled the Uniform Civil Code Bill in the State Assembly during its special session. This bill, presented by Uttarakhand's Chief Minister Pushkar Singh Dhami, aims to incorporate several changes to establish consistent laws for personal issues like marriage, divorce, inheritance, etc. One of the crucial changes proposed by the instant bill is the mandatory registration of live-in relationships with the registrar. On failure to do so, the bill prescribes punishment for maximum three months or a fine. Imperatively, the registrar also has the power to refuse the registration of such a relationship by recording the reasons. The bill also mandates payment of maintenance similar to marriage in the case of a woman in a relationship being deserted by her partner. The bill also states that the child of a live-in relationship shall be legitimate. Let me also tell you that last year the Supreme Court had dismissed a PIL seeking mandatory registration of live-in relationships. 
The Supreme Court today posted a batch of appeals filed by the CBI challenging discharge of Kerala Chief Minister Pinarayi Vijayan and certain officials in the SNC Lavalin case for final hearing. The CBI alleges that the contract given to the Canadian company SNC Lavalin for renovation and refurbishment of three hydroelectric projects in Kerala when Vijayan was Minister of Power was marred by corruption. Allegedly, the contract in question resulted in a loss of 86 crores. In 2013, a special CBI court at Tiruvananthapuram had discharged Vijayan and a few other officials charge-sheeted in the case. Four years later, the Kerala High Court upheld the discharge of Vijayan and two former Kerala State Electricity Board officials. Against the High Court order, the agency moved the top court in 2018. A bench comprising Justices Suryakant and K.V. Vishwanathan today adjourned the hearing to 1st May when the final hearing of the matter will take place. Certain connected appeals filed by accused officials who seek discharge in the case will also be heard along with the CBI's appeals. The Delhi High Court has asked the Delhi government to make efforts to pay the additional compensation of 20 lakhs to the kin of those who have died due to manual scavenging in terms of a last year ruling of the Supreme Court. Justice Subramanian Prasad was dealing with a plea moved by various widows seeking a direction on the Delhi government to pay compensation to them in terms of the judgment passed by the Supreme Court in Balram Singh versus Union of India. In this significant judgment, the apex court had directed that compensation in cases of sewer deaths must be increased to 30 lakhs. In cases of permanent disablement arising from sewer operations, it had directed the increase of compensation to 20 lakhs and not less than 10 lakhs for other forms of disablement. In the present case, the widows contended that the Delhi government had given 10 lakhs to them and other similarly situated persons, but they were also entitled to the balance payment of 20 lakhs as per the Supreme Court's directive. Allowing the plea, the Delhi High Court said that when a person approaches a court and gets a declaration of law in his favour, it is expected that the state shall extend the same benefit to all the similarly situated persons without forcing those persons to approach the court of law. Thus, the court directed the Delhi government to pay the balance amount to the widows within six weeks. The Supreme Court bench comprising Justices Abhay S. Oak and Pankaj Mithal today upheld the conviction in a murder case observing that when ocular piece of evidence is available to sufficiently prove the guilt of the accused, then conviction cannot be set aside only on the ground that the expert evidence of the doctor suggests otherwise. In the present case, the trial court had convicted three accused for offence of murder on the allegation that they, along with other persons, gathered outside the house of the deceased and assaulted the deceased and his family members with a chopper. The wife and daughter of the deceased person were the prime witnesses in the case, testifying about the use of a chopper as the weapon. The medical expert held otherwise, but without discarding the probability of the use of a chopper. Further, the High Court affirmed the decision of the trial court. On appeal, the Supreme Court held that in the absence of other eyewitnesses, the testimony of the interest witness can be relied upon and the suggestion of the doctor cannot prevail as his opinion in the present case is based upon probability and is weak evidence in comparison to the ocular evidence of 
eyewitnesses. The Supreme Court has imposed sentence of 30 years of rigorous imprisonment with a fine of 1 lakh rupees in a horrifying case where a 7-year-old child was raped by a 40-year-old man. The division bench of justices C.T. Ravi Kumar and Rajesh Bindal termed the act barbaric and brutal while imposing the sentence. In this case, the prosecution alleged that the victim aged 7 years at that time was taken to a temple by the petitioner and was raped. The trial court awarded him capital punishment. However, the Delhi High Court commuted the same to life imprisonment. He further appealed to the top court, which has now modified the sentence to 30 years of rigorous imprisonment. While imposing the sentence, the court noted several factors including how the incident may haunt the victim and adversely impact her future married life. The Delhi High Court has called for recommendations from the committee constituted by the Union Ministry of Ayush on determining the criteria by which raw materials used in the production of drugs is to be categorized into vegetarian, non-vegetarian or more categories. Justice Subramanian Prasad directed the committee to come out with its recommendations within 10 weeks. The order came in a plea filed by a lawyer seeking action against Patanjali, alleging that its product Divya Manjan contains non-vegetarian ingredients but is sold with a green dot to indicate it is a vegetarian product. He alleged that Patanjali was misleading the public by misrepresenting the product and thus sought action against it for hurting religious sentiments and cheating the customers. Earlier, the petitioner had made a complaint to the Ministry of Ayush on the issue. In its response, the Ministry had said that there was no provision to mention any sign or mark to show that the product contains non-vegetarian products under the labelling provision of Drugs and Cosmetics Rules of 1945. The Ministry had added that the interpretation of categorizing veg or non-veg depends on various religious, ethical and regional consideration. While disposing of the plea today, the court has directed the committee to give its recommendations within a period of 10 weeks. And lastly, the Attorney General for India has filed a written note in the suit filed by State of Kerala against Union of India over limits imposed on borrowing capacities. In December, the State of Kerala had filed an original suit in the Supreme Court against Union of India for lowering the borrowing limit of the state which it said could potentially lead to a grave financial crisis in the state. It also mentioned that union's interference by imposition of a borrowing ceiling violates the principles of fiscal federalism. Now, the Attorney General R. Venkata Ramani in his note has stressed that public finance management is a national issue, that if state indulges in reckless borrowing to finance unproductive expenditure or poorly targeted subsidies, it will crowd out private borrowing from the market. He stated that all states require permission of centre to borrow from any source. While giving this permission, the centre keeps in mind the overall objectives of macroeconomic stability of the country as a whole and fixes a borrowing limit for the state seeking its permission and that borrowing limits of states are fixed in a non-discriminatory and transparent manner guided by the recommendations of the Finance Commission. Thank you for watching. If you wish to know more details about the cases I mentioned here, you can visit our website at www.livelaw.in. Stay ahead with quick legal updates only on Live Law.
do not forget to like share and subscribe and support us you can also support us by donating through the thanks button at the bottom of our videos or consider becoming a member at just 89 rupees per month